Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. We're back to the usual schedule. We're back to uh, recording on a Thursday night again. And today, I'm not going to forget to <laughs> introduce who's here. Uh, we are joined by, first and foremost, Mr. Gareth Dutton. Hello, Gref. Hello, Joe. Hello. How are we doing? Good, thanks. Are you? I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, we are joined by the sarcastic clapper over there as well, Mr. David Grant. Thank you for that. <laughs> Good evening, Joe. Good evening. And uh, we are also joined by Mr. Andy Stafford. Andy, how are we? Not so bad. Good evening, Joe. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. So, um, not too much, to be fair, gone on over the last week uh, compared to usual. Um, Fife and Sheffield split their two games. Uh, Sheffield coming away with the extra point uh, after an overtime loss on the away fixture. Um, Coventry had a four-point weekend. He beat MK. K6-3 and then MK5-2, so a good weekend for them during their playoff push. And Belfast obviously won the Challenge Cup final against Guildford as well, a 2-1 overtime win, so nice and close as we said. Uh, guys, what, what highlights have we got from this week? The, the Challenge Cup final itself, um, the highlights, uh, it was a cracking game of hockey, two teams gave everything, um, and it's one of them unfortunate things where there has to be a winner. Um, unfortunate for Guildford, it was like a, a losing possession in the corner of their own defensive zone, fell into a slot type thing. Um, but you know, congratulations Belfast, back-to-back champions, and also congratulations Guildford, second year in the Elite League and they're making the final. And hopefully, it's a, a thing to come where it's a regular thing that Guildford can, you know, knock on the door of Challenge Cup finals, playoff finals, maybe even a league title at some point. So, I, I suppose they're you know, well done Coventry on four points, but my, my highlights, the, uh, the Challenge Cup final, the spectacle that it were, and the uh, the game itself. My highlight would be the Cardiff-Guilford game on the Friday. I mean, as as a, a good team Guilford are, to get a shutout by Cardiff, well done to Cardiff. I mean, I think they're probably one of the few teams that have done that this season to Guilford, because I know they're very good defensively. And they're very good at being defence are really good at shooting as well and scoring. I mean, just look at Cali Ackard. It was both goals came in the third period. What more can you say? <laughs> it's a game that's could make could prove in the while that Cardiff can win the three peat as much as you guys might not want it. I like how he said you guys then. Like, I'm gonna say is that I'm, all, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Is that suggesting that you want them to do the three peat? Why not? I reckon he's put some money down on this. I don't, think he, I don't think he's put money on. But I think I know what the source of his uh, persuasion that Cardiff to do the three pieces. Uh, yeah, I can, probably for, hazard, I can probably hazard a guess. Not for a repeat on this podcast, though. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Andy, what do we think? <laughs> Moving swiftly on from Greff's allegiances. Andy, what do we reckon? Yeah. Uh, well, mine was uh, Coventry, uh, bouncing back from a, a pretty poor last few games over, over the last few weeks. Uh, two good wins over Milton Keynes. Um, and Tom Flogfist, lost the lead in the way, uh, got three points uh, during the weekend. Um, so after a rough patch, it's looking like Coventry getting back to their form again. Um, you know, they're, they're pushing that for that playoff place. Uh, of course, with a couple of games in hand as well, so they can use that to advantage to do some damage. Um, but Again, it, it, it just throws the whole uh, league wide open again for those playoff places. I mean, it's so tight to call right now, and I think it's going to take the last 
the last very last game of this uh, season to determine who, who finishes where who, and who makes the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing a lot more games like that now, where the where the gaps getting closer and closer. Um, one of the one of, well, the game that I would have chosen was Belfast Glasgow, which was also on the Friday. Um, it was a five four game. Uh, you know, Belfast were up four two at the end of the second period. So to go down five four to right down to the knuckle is a is a very good effort from from Glasgow. I know that obviously Glasgow can't now make second. I know that obviously first and second are now secured as being Cardiff and Belfast in in either order. Um, but it, it really just again it just goes to show how good a team Glasgow have been this year, and it's the reason they're at the top of that. You know they're at the top of that side of the table. Um, you know pushing a, a, a team like Belfast to a five-four close game is uh, is is that certainly not an easy thing to do. Um, you look at some of the guys hitting the score sheet. Obviously, Jordan Smotherman's been a great pickup for for Belfast since he came in, and again showing in that game getting the goal. Scott Pitt and uh, you know Scott Scott Pitt and Guillaume Doucette putting two away for um for Glasgow. So two good uh, high scorers there. Darcy Murphy, Blair Riley, Kyle Bound. You know the names that we're that we're saying week in week out as the scorers. Um, and obviously, you know, your secondary scoring is important, but when your first, when you know, when your primary scorers are turning up week in, week out, it shows the reason that these kind of teams are at the top of the league. So that that's the one that I would have picked out for that. Um, moving from highlights, then obviously we've touched on it already, um, Dave. I know that obviously you said that it was your highlight, the Challenge Cup final, Challenge Cup, not Continental Cup, um, as obviously, so we, well, we now obviously know the winners. Belfast come away with the win there, a 2-1 win against Guildford um, in overtime. I'll throw this mainly over to Andy and Gref, because Dave, obviously, you've already you've already spoken about it to an extent. What what did we think to that? I mean, I know that we were all saying it'd be great to see Guildford do it, but you know, a great game either way. Yeah, I think it's a game where obviously someone had to win, and frankly, it was on penalty shots because that would have been. Personally, I think that being a worse way to lose, being it's how it happened as well, and I feel sorry for the Guildford Guildford guy. One mistake and it's costing the Challenge Cup. I mean, I'm sure he'll bounce back from it, and it'll give him a reason to bounce back from it to try and win something this season. It's a very, very, very close game. Uh, it showed the special teams as well how good they had to be. There were two power play goals, one for Belfast, one for Guildford. Uh, first one converted by Patrick Dwyer uh, for the Giants, then Jamie Crooks again on the power play. Uh, Tapping's up at one all. Uh, there were no goals in the third period. So there's only one way it's going to be decided, and, and, and that was in overtime. Uh, and he literally took a, a slight mistake from one of the Guildford Flames players, uh, just trying to rim around the boards. Um, I think because Blair Riley did really well to chase that put down uh, and chase that player down, put that player under pressure, made a mistake, uh, Riley won the puck and he just passed it in, into the slot to Smotherman and it was a really nice goal and a really good moment for Belfast again. Uh, Winning win the Challenge again for second year running. Uh, but Creator Guildford has done really well to get, where, to, get to the final and um, you know, it just shows how much of a good team they've got. Uh, yeah, you know, um, Paul Dixon, he's done a really good job in Guildford, and uh, I think they're, they're going to even probably make a run for playoffs as well. 
possibly could make the finals. Um, you now they've got a really good team. Credit to them, but uh, really well done to Belfast for the West Ham win. Yeah, I mean, you guys have summed it up. Um, it, it, it's a hard one to take. Um, I think the I think the second goal, of, well, so the first goal for Belfast came right at the start of the second period. So you know, a goalless first goes into a, a quick start for Belfast in the second. Um, Guildford obviously then tie it up towards the end. I think it was around about the 17 minute mark that they tied that up. Uh, and then, as you say, I mean, you guys have touched on it already. Um, you've got to feel for the defender from uh, Guildford. It really, uh, it really has to be heartbreaking looking back on it. But a standard play, um, as you say, I, I, I thought it was Darcy Murphy for me. So if memory serves me right, gets a good stick on there. Makes the play out in front um, and then a good finish. So, you know, cre- uh, you guys have covered it off already. Credit to Belfast, a really good win, a well-deserved win. Um, Guildford, stellar effort, really, really stellar effort. As Dave, as, as you said earlier, for a team that's come into the Elite League in their second year to go all the way to the final and then to take the final to overtime, absolutely fantastic. Um, it would have been great to see him win it. Um and that's by no means me saying I didn't want to see Belfast win. It's it's quite nice to see a final where you don't really mind either way. And and I was certainly in that in that position. I didn't mind if Belfast won it. Didn't mind if Guildford won it. Guess I was hedging my bets more with Guildford just because it would have been nice to see them get their their first elite league trophy. Um, but great game by all accounts. Um, I agree with you, Griff. It's probably nicer for them to have uh, to have lost it in overtime than penalty shots. Just to take it even further down to the wire. It's just got to be harder to swallow, as we've said before, for Belfast in the uh, in the Conti Cup final. It must have just been heartbreak for it getting that close and then ending like that. So, yeah, probably better for Guildford in the long run, um, in hindsight, for them to, to lose that game in OT. But either way, cracking game for both teams. Guildford actually led in shots as well. Um, by the looks, I think it was 27 shots for Belfast, 35 shots for Guildford and uh, Beska Rawani got the man of the match for Belfast as well. So showing the critical play, the critical position uh, being played by the uh, by the netminders in that game as well. Um, moving away from the actual physical Challenge Cup final that happened, more to the venue that it's happened in. I know this generally discussion. We generally see it around the time of the Challenge Cup final. Now we generally see it around the time of the playoff finals weekend as well. Um, so. The Challenge Cup final, obviously in Cardiff at the moment, in the Viola Arena. Do we think it should stay? Do we think it should move? What What are our thoughts on that? It's a bit of a, a tricky one, I guess. It'll depend upon um, which team bids for it. Because to host the, the Challenge Cup final, it's a, it's a bidding process. It's not a case of which rink's available, let's give it them. So it depends which rink wants to go out and, and get the Challenge Cup final. Now, it's been there for the past three years. Sheffield had two years. Mm. It'll depend. I mean, would Nottingham want the Challenge Cup final? Even though they have the playoff final. So they probably wouldn't get it, but would they want it? It would be an, an ideal venue to, to have it. I don't think Coventry would go for it. Um, although you can't now argue about um, uh, venue size with, with Cardiff having it. Maybe it's time for one of the Scottish ones. You know, Probably more Glasgow may want to bid for it. Um has been a decent, I mean, and also easy to get to, you know, without having an airport, people can fly into, etc., etc. Um, or maybe even Belfast. It's held the Challenge Cup final before many, many years ago, and it's in the Super League years. Um, 
So I, I, I don't know. It, it, it just depends on which rink and which club fancy putting the show on. Um, what the show that Cardiff want to put the show on? They're in that bubble of if it's going good for them. So why not? And on all accounts, it was another good week, good day of hockey put on by the Devils. So I suppose if the Devils were the only ones to put a bid in for it, it's back at, uh, down at the bay. If another team wants to put put a bid in for it, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Glasgow went for it. Because it was rumoured that Glasgow were, were had, not this year's, years, last year's chance of but they were rumoured to be holding it. So I wouldn't be surprised if Glasgow put a bid in for it for next year. I'm all for change in regards to where it is held. I mean, it's a good rink to have it in already down in Cardiff. I mean, I if it's in Glasgow, it'd be even better. I mean, you've got a shopping centre as well. You can go, as the chant goes, you can go shopping. But, I mean, there's not really much. There's a lot, a lot around Glasgow in the into Brayhead Arena. It'd be even great to have it in Belfast as well. I mean, another excuse to go on a, a Belfast doubleheader as such. Which, unfortunately, I've not been yet, but I know you guys have. That needs changing, Greg. That needs changing. It will, though. It will. <laughs> Next season. Yeah, I think you're both right. I think Belfast or Glasgow would be even the good shouts. Uh, I think it is time. Maybe look to different venues, but it's like Dave said, if, if no one puts a bid in, uh, but one place does, and obviously that's going to be the venue where it's going to be. Um, it's, it's like I said before, if, if you're going to get the right numbers, if, if you're going to get out of starts, you might as well make a weekend of it. So have a semi-final one day, and then the final next day. But then... If you've got an like Belfast in Glasgow, so it's not very central to the to all four nations. You can make a weekend of it. That's when you get the revenue and the people want to go to it because they can have the hotels, can stay over, they can have have the social things and, and everything. And I think I think it'd be a good weekend to have it as a weekend and not just a standalone final when you're just not gonna, not going to get the realistic numbers. Uh, that's just my that's just my point anyway. But um, yeah. I think it's time for a change in Glasgow or Belfast. A really good shout. Maybe not next season, or maybe not maybe two, three years, but maybe as an idea, do what the French do, and they did years ago with their cup final, and they held it. Um, in, they held it in Paris in the main arena, uh, the the Accord Arena, and it's a standalone. There's no team in Paris, um, but they they sell it out every year. Um, I've I've an acquaintance who's working out at the moment. He got tickets for the final. That's a very hot ticket. Uh, Twelve thousand seater goes within a, within a day. Um, and bear in mind when when the teams in the uh, league Magnus are average two and a half three thousand. It's a, it's a fair cut, and there you have it. It's, it's a one off day. Two teams go. This they, they sell the whole thing out. And maybe we you know look at somewhere that just has no team. So maybe a Birmingham, maybe a London, Newcastle, maybe a Newcastle. I was just about to say maybe yeah. a Newcastle, but something like that maybe where. To take it to the next level. Now, you, you had to do it for years, have a two-legged affair, which I hated, but it made financial sense. I'm glad it's back at a one-off game at a venue where you already have hockey. And I've to you guys. What is, is it? Are we in within five years, let's say, of actually being able to go, do you know what? This product's good enough and strong enough. We can go, right, we're going to take over that venue that has no hockey, has no team at the top level. 
and we're going to hold our showpiece cup final. I think it would. I think it would have enough interest. I think at the moment the issue is the issue is a it's down in Cardiff, which is nothing against the arena. It's nothing against the Cardiff fans. The problem with it being in Cardiff is if you then end up with a team from up north, and I mean even more up north than us, if you end up with a team up north qualifying for the Challenge Cup final, then you're not as likely to get as many fans. Do you know if you see Glasgow qualify for the Challenge Cup final or Dundee qualify for the Challenge Cup final, how many of their fans realistically are going to go and travel down all that way down to Cardiff? Granted, there's probably going to be more than for a normal league game, but it, that's that for me is one issue. The main issue for me with Cardiff is it's it's in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing around the rink. You look at the rink, there's a Morrison's, a Toys R Us, and then there's a Harvester about 20-minute walk away. There's nothing around the rink. You look at Nottingham, slap bang in the middle of town. Sheffield, Centertainment Bang next door. Glasgow, into Braid, shopping centre. There's, there's things to do around the arena so that you don't have to just turn up for the game, go to the game, go home. You can go in the morning... You can spend a day there and then go to the hockey without having to mess about moving the car or mess about trying to travel from one place to the other. I just think it needs to be a place that's got more things to do around the in the immediate vicinity. But the other thing for me that needs to change is why are we having it on a Sunday? I, I, just why, particularly, I mean, if we're, if we're saying Glasgow, Dundee, you know, one of, one of the Scottish teams are making it through to the Challenge Cup final. And if we presume that it's going to stay in Cardiff, just for the sake of this argument, how many more of their fans are going to travel down to Cardiff on a Saturday to watch their team in a cup final? Because I guarantee half of their fans that are probably thinking, oh, it'd be nice to go down, are probably sitting there going, well, actually, though, it's a Sunday. I'm working on Monday. I don't really want to take the day off just to go down for one game. I just think, make it a Saturday. You know, that's how we're going to grow the interest. And the problem is at the minute with it being in Cardiff as well is your numbers is more limited with, with the capacity of the arena. If we are making it a Saturday, if we are growing the interest, all of a sudden you've only got a shorter amount of tickets to sell between the two teams. Um, it'd be a nice idea to be able to move it to somewhere that hasn't got a team linked to it. Um, and I think that would gauge more interest again. I think your other problem is particularly at the minute with how dominant Cardiff have been, it seems a little bit... <laughs> You know, the chances are, obviously, I know that it's not turned out this year, but generally speaking, the odds are, you would put the odds on Cardiff making the final. And then the problem then is, Cardiff are playing out of their own building. They're naturally going to get some kind of advantage out of playing in their own building. Generally speaking, there'd be more Cardiff fans because more Cardiff fans are going to travel to the arena than fans from other, other cities. It'd be nice to have it in a neutral venue, um, but I just think they need to look at how to grow the interest in the actual cup final itself, I think at the moment it's just one of those where you just go, okay, cup finals today. It's, it's make it a Saturday. You know, maybe look at alternate venues. Maybe look at how they do it in the CHL. Maybe look at going through and putting a point system in, so you get X amount of wins in the Conti Cup. Oh, I've done it again. You get X amount of wins in the Challenge Cup. Um, I'm just setting myself up the failure, aren't I? Um, yeah, you give you, you know, every time you get a win in the Challenge Cup, you get X amount of points, and then the team that finishes with the highest amount of points gets the final. And then it's at least there's more reason to it, and it's not just oh we're going here. I'd, I'd go a bit further in terms of moving it Saturday. I'd have it on the Saturday, and have no other fixture. Completely yes. have that day is Challenge Cup final day. 
you know, make it, like I say, if you want to build the value to the, the cup final, have no other game. Make it where it is, all eyes are on, Viola Arena, Five Ice Arena, wherever on earth the final is. I, you know, I, I kind of like your idea of having where whichever team has the most points accumulated <coughs> over the uh, course of the tournament gets to host, you know, host the final. And whatever team they enter, you have to have your your building available on that day, um, or that or the, a day that weekend. I guess the the argument to that then is well, because I know that there'd be some teams that had raised the argument and say, well, we can't guarantee that our arena will be available. I know to be to be fair, Sheffield are quite probably one of them because obviously we share our arena. We're lucky this year to have been able to have all games at the arena rather than having to go across to our Sheffield. But, the, you know, we can't guarantee, like other teams may be able to guarantee, that we can get the arena on that date. But I suppose the flip side argument to that is the rules are if you're the team that's got the most points, you get the, you know, you get to host the final. But if you can't host the final on the date that it is, then it goes over to the other team. You sacrifice your rights to, to host in the final as the team with the most points. No, I, I agree what you're saying in terms of you know it's not a guarantee that you, the ring will be available, but I suspect you're looking at it from a Sheffield as the example you gave. Yeah. Given their relationship with the landlords now is so much better, light years ahead from what it used to be. Oh, I yeah. would I would suspect that they'd be able to go right, okay, we'll reserve that, and if you under have to book it, fine, because you know they're saying the, the venue is saying hockey is the number one tenant. It's not. Um, take that or strictly come dancing over the darts. It is one direction. One direction. No, that's only in Belfast. Um, it's you know they're, they're saying it's it is hockey comes first. So I won't be surprised if they because I know Nottingham would be able to do it. I guarantee now they'd be able to go right. We maybe we could have a chance of hosting a final because of these are the rules. Can we reserve the state? Yeah, they would do. The SSC in Belfast, given that they own the team, they'd be able to do the same. And I suspect the the arena in Sheffield would be able to have that. Given everything, I think they'd be able to do the same. So maybe that is actually the way forward. Instead of a team bidding for it, you know, you earn it by winning points through the tournament, and you know, you know, have have a big cup final in Kakoda, or maybe even maybe even in Altrincham. Uh, they'd have to not bottle it first, though. Uh, yeah, but I guess your other question to that is then, do you then put also end up putting a cap on the final as a whole? Do you know, like let's say. Just, just as an example, I'm not, I'm not by any means saying this categorises a team as, in terms of value, but if you end up getting two teams with smaller venues, um, I, I don't know full capacities for for each venue, but if you end up with like two on a smaller side, do you then say, you know, if they're leading on point, I, I get, just again, just as a um, as a flip side argument, do you then raise the argument of? If we end up with this team getting the most wins, we might end up playing out of a 2,000-seater arena and only end up getting 2,000 people. Whereas if we went to this arena, we'd end up getting another 2,000, so we could sit 4,000. I guess is the is is the the other flip side argument. No, it's fine, but I, to, for me, it'd be tough. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there be the rules. It's whoever gets that gets, and if it's a 2,000-seater, I think the lowest actual attendance would be. I think it's Coventry. I think Coventry at the moment are just over 3,000. Depends how many... Um, What's Manchester's fa- capacity? Oh, no, Manchester would be... Manchester's two and a half. Yep. Two and a half. So Manchester would be two and a half. Coventry, 3,000. Depends how many weekend fans they can get in. 
Um, you know, see, so it depends on what the ledger says on the health and safety. Um, and then I think you go to three thousand four, and then five thousand plus. So it, it'd be tough, basically. Um, if they're the rules, they're the rules. But I, I can't see change. I think it'll, it'll still be a bidding process. But I think that would be the better way. Um, and then you you, you can't say you know. Uh, it's it's that you guarantee home advantage because well if you've earned it well there you go congratulations. Did Dundee do standing as well as seated or is it yeah, only seated? Yeah. Yes, they do. I was going to say it's all right. I've just searched because they've got a they've got two thousand three hundred seats, but obviously they have um standing as well. I get. I'm presuming that'd be a similar situation in Kakadi to be fair. Kakadi's around four thousand. Is it? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, it's three thousand two hundred and eighty, according to Google. So that's that's me wrong then. Yeah. Fair well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were st- but yeah, still higher. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Has anybody got anything else to add to that, or what? What you know? And obviously, Dave asked you asked the question more um, to throw out to me, Gref and Andy about the potential to throw it to a more neutral venue that's not linked to a team. So, Andy and Gref, what 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 do you guys think to that? Obviously, I've kind of. I'm sorry, are you taking over? I mean, I'd I'd love for it to be in like a, a more neutral venue, like the likes of New, New, like Newcastle. Oh, I mean, be, that'd be a great trip. I mean, for if it's in, for example, if it went the CHL route and some reason it was Manchester that was getting the choice to host, we could always try the arena itself, the Manchester Arena. That'd be awesome. Be back in the old Super League days when we hosted the playoffs. Then that was a an amazing weekend as a kid. I'd be awesome. And also hosted the last time the Steelers won the Challenge Cup. Let's go back to Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> Three to win over the Panthers. Fair play. Look at Dave with the stats coming out of his ears. I remember the game well. He was there probably. Yeah, where? How many games do you think Dave can generally now say he remembers the game well? <laughs> certainly no cut. No, certainly no Belfast games. Very little Belfast games. Not recently, no. Um, Sorry, yeah. go on, Andy. I, I think yeah, I think you were about to say something as uh, as, as Dave interrupted. That's fine. Um, in an ideal world. Um, yeah, definitely. I'd love to have it in a in more neutral venue, but um, no. Leicester's a good shout. Newcastle, um, great as well. Um, yeah, Liverpool maybe, but what you got to think about is does that place still have a nice plant? And if it does, you then got to create the ice. You've got to find the boards because obviously if it's a neutral venue, that's never never been used for hockey or hasn't been many years. Do they still have the boards, the plexiglass? Uh, have, have they got a scoreboard? Because obviously under rules need one of them, so they're going to have to source one. It's it's all about sourcing the equipment and how much that's going to cost. And ideally, yeah, it'd be fantastic. But it depends how much the league is willing to spend to get that to happen. I mean, Manchester was amazing. Um, if Storm did, as um, I say, Host uh, the Charge Cup final again. Altrigham just wouldn't be a viable place. The site is, it's nothing against Altrigham or 
to the, all the storm, but it's just the, the rink in general. It's just not. It's just the fact you can't see um, the first twelve foot of the ice in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's just so many. On the plus side, we have Tim Hortons. So, so is Glasgow. So the London. Cardiff. So. <laughs> I don't know. I know that. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, you still hope, yeah. But yeah. Um, well, that was a very passive-aggressive dig, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, Andy, go on. No, it's fine. Um, just altering wouldn't, wouldn't be viable. Uh, it'd be great to have the the MEN or Manchester in where it's called now. Uh, that'd be great for a final venue again. Uh, so that was my f- third final that I went to. Um, absolutely loved it. The atmosphere was amazing. Um, yeah, it, it all comes down to money for me. You've got to have it in a neutral place, uh, somewhere central. It is money, sourcing the equipment uh, and everything, and that's the only obstacle, really, that I can see. If Manchester hosts it, I think you know, just, just, let's just go to D-side. Why not? Go, <laughs> oh, go, go down no. the same route as the Manchester Metro Stars uni team and go and play in D-side. Oh, oh D-side. They ain't, they ain't got a bar. Yeah, that's. I'll give you that. That's true. If you're saying, if you're saying D-side, you I'm not saying D-side good. D-side and go bring your own booze. Or soft drinks, Grimsby. Yeah, why not? Go Blackburn with the mountain in the middle. Yep. (laughs) And then if one team's losing halfway through, they could just refuse to come out for the second period and say, no, we're not playing anymore. (laughs) Maybe if you scored a goal on the the hill, you get an extra extra goal for it. You know, like basketball, if you score out of the zone. I don't know. Instead of a face off, you just have a tee off, a little bit like a, like a little bit like a golf start. You start on top of the hill. Brilliant. Yeah, well, um, yeah, well, I, I think to be fair, I, I just think the main thing for me is just to, to move it out of Cardiff, get it somewhere where there's a bit more going on around it. As I say, it's nothing against Cardiff. It's a nice arena, other than the lack of phone signal. Um, you have Wi-Fi now. That's all right then. Um, it's a nice arena, including the fact that they have Wi-Fi. Um, but yeah, there's just not enough going on around the rink for me. That that's the problem. Do you know, like if you were going to go down on a Sunday, you'd have to. For me, you'd, you'd just end up going down and getting there an hour before face-off and just going. You, you, there's nothing unless you want to shift your car or mess about travelling around. That's that's the only problem. And get it off a Sunday. I don't so know. That's, why. So that's where we need fan zones. Where we, we don't have it. Cardiff, but. Anywhere in the UK you have a fan zone. It's gonna to have to be. You'd have to have the in like that. Um, whatever it is that. I, can't, I don't even know what it is. That water sports place across the road. You couldn't. You wouldn't have a fan zone outside in the UK anywhere. It'd be freezing. You'd, it'd probably be raining. Marking. So definitely not in Manchester then. Definitely not in Manchester. We know it's always raining. Um, yeah. Well, moving on from that, I think we could. Uh, talk about that until the cows come home so um but we'll stick to no i was no i was going down i was going down a european route then i was thinking it was the county cup again um we'll go to a discussion that dave's going to be very happy with again uh i'm going to be very happy with it too it means that i get look at your face light up there. <laughs> i do have perps because i know i get this reaction i know but it's brilliant um yeah we'll go to a topic that dave likes to discuss um I think we're going to like it too because there's a team cropping back up that we mentioned last week. We get to hear Dave's perf- perfect pronunciation of the name. So, Dave, we've got a few more CHL teams that have qualified and will be in the mix along with Cardiff and Belfast. 
the creeping is terrible. Um, yeah, we have some more, uh, a few teams, mainly in Finland. Um, just going through the list, we have an additional team in Sweden, maybe even tonight, as we're doing the podcast, uh, Dear Garden, have got a spot in next year's CHL. Um, and then in Finland, um, a newcomer to the CHL, um, Lati Pelicans, which have got the best jersey. Um, and then the one that Joe's been waiting for, Tapara Tampera, are back in the CHL. And now whose face is lit up? They're back in Mine. the CHL for another crack at it, um, with another, another nice jersey as well. Um, so they are the spaces are um, limited now. So who's going to uh, crack at the, uh, the CHL? So now playoffs or national champions, are they the only spots that are available? Um, and I, I I'll make it a, a quick conversation about it um, compared to last week, but I think it's just great. You're getting more and more new teams entering the tournaments. So it's not just kind of, you look at the football CH, uh, Champions League, uh, apologies, it's, you know, you guarantee Barcelona, Real Madrid, um, Paris Saint-Germain, Man City, used to be able to say Man U, but not anymore. Um, uh, and a few other teams, you guarantee, oh, they'll always be there. I just think it's great that you've got Apart from the teams winning it and making the final, you've got newcomers potentially making it all the time, and I, I just think that's great. Freshens up a ton that's still quite fresh. See, you can't really say PSG. I mean, they like to do a lot of job as well. I mean, it was wonderful. It was against us. The Manchester fan knowing exactly what is meant by a ball job. Definitely. But yeah, I, I'm. I mean, it was great seeing your face like like, like that, Joe. Before it's like a kid at Christmas, knowing he's getting a a new Xbox or an N64 back in the day. With golden eye, going proper old school there. What? Showing your age there, Gref. Showing your age. All about getting. Bothered. Me and Andy are looking at each other, going, "I don't know what you're talking about now." All about getting a mass system for Christmas, mate. See, I wasn't there for that one. You were. Sorry, far, have, we, have we reverted back to an 80s party again? Can we? <laughs> Hang on. We're not in Dundee. Hang on, Gav. You weren't far off, given knowing how old you are. Very true. <laughs> Just to avert this conversation very uh, left field. There's a Mega Drive I had first. Yeah. Same, Moving on. Time. <laughs> when did this turn to a retro gaming <laughs> podcast? What, what, what is going on here? What was the first NHL video game that you played? 95, I think. Oh, that was the year I was Three. born, mate. 93. Oh, that's old. That's that's older than me, Dave. And Andy. So moving swiftly on. Nah, see, ah, you're not so happy to keep it on now, are you? No, because I could respond to that, mate, but it's not appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Gref, getting back on topic rather than your, yeah, uh, your gaming back, habits as a child. Back on topic, yeah. I mean, it's great seeing new teams coming into the CHL, getting to watch new teams and possibly even see them in person as well, if they get to face the likes of Belfast or Cardiff if we make the trip to either of them. It's, I mean, it just brings you the, the argument of why wouldn't you want to be in the CHL when this happens? You get to see new teams, new countries, well, for your team anyway, it's a new country, and it's just a great experience. Yeah, I, I, there's not, not, not much I can really add to that. Um, 
apart from I've, I've just seen that a Swiss team has just qualified. Uh, it's their first time as well. EHC uh, BLBN. It's their first time in the Champions League. Um, yeah, it's... As they've said, it's, it's good to see new teams. Um, it, it's a lot more wide open a competition in in the hockey world than it is a football world, and that's great to see. Um, but it, it's a competition that's that's just getting stronger and stronger. That every year that goes by, I mean, more people are, are watching it, they're, they're finding out more about it, and and just getting more more involved and are more passionate for this competition now that it's gotten uh, to where it is now. Um, it's, it's really good to see. And, um, no, um, like we said in, in an earlier podcast, Belfast, you know, they're going to love this competition. And they're going to be thinking to themselves, why do we even contemplate not even joining the CHL if we did win the Cardinal Cup or not? And, and they're going to see just how great it is. So, we, it gives us another excuse to go to Belfast. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great to see the new teams creeping up into the CHL. Um, you've got to remember it's still a young tournament, um, realistically. Uh, I, I mean, I think back to the years when um, the Steelers were making the Conti Cup and that was the tournament to be in in Europe. And now it's like, I mean, now we're looking at how you can qualify for the Conti Cup in the in the Elite League this year. And it's, oh, you know, it, it could be third place that are qualifying. It's, it's, you, you think, you know, that used to be the tournament to be in. That used to be the league winners went to the Conti Cup and that was the, the, the European tournament to win. Now you've got the CHL coming in. You've got the likes of Frolunda, obviously dominating the show. Yvascular, obviously getting the first win for, the, for, for a Finnish team. HV71, obviously picking up the win as well. So, you know, it's still a young tournament and to see new teams coming in as well is fantastic. Obviously, Belfast being a new team coming in this year as well. Um, it'd be nice to see eventually, I mean, the way that we seem to be representing ourselves in the CHL, it'd be nice to see soonish to see us get a second place more permanently. Um, but I don't know how on the cards that'd be, but uh, obviously... I know, I know it wouldn't be anything that'd be any time soon, but the way that we're representing ourselves now, we're representing the league a lot stronger. Um, obviously, Nottingham progressing uh, when they were in, and obviously Cardiff did a stellar job last time. So, sorry to add context, I was just, just saying, just nodding like a church dog in the reverse. It's it's because of the uh, the founding nations of, who set the CHL up, they get the multiple um, spots. It will, it'll take a, a huge shift in... Great Britain's double IHF ranking for them to be able to get a regular second spot. Uh, it's all down. Sense. So, so it's initially done on the international, excuse me, um, rankings, and then it's how you do within the tournament. So, like this, so like next season, Switzerland will have five spots. Finland will actually go down to four, and so on and so forth. So it's just all down to a couple of things, and it will take a while before Great Britain has even a, a sniff of getting a second regular spot. Maybe add this up to 48 teams, then maybe given how we've done well in the CHL, and, and as it's a WHF tournament per se, with the Conti Cup, we may have got that second spot on a regular basis. So, mm. you know, maybe five years, maybe even longer, but it's, it's it, we're doing well. We're representing, we're waving the flag well. Um, and we've got another shout of two teams... Cardiff know, now know what to do in the CHL. They've, they've done the, the hard yards. 
They've had some hard teams that they've drawn as well over they've, the last couple they've, of they've years. Not, they've, they've not had a group that's actually been easy. No group's easy, but they've had like the worst groups to get. Um, so hopefully next year they may have a softer group. Belfast are just going to have a baptism of fire. You know, just enjoy the occasion. And if you get a win, soak it. Just, uh, just enjoy the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, keeping it with Europe, but moving on from the CHL. Sorry, Dave. Um, <laughs> we'll try and get it in the agenda again soon. Um, but keeping with the European competitions for now, obviously I've just mentioned about the Conti Cup. Um, we have now had we have now had some qualification as to who will get that Conti Cup position. Um, it will be well, it will either be the playoff winners or it will be third in the league. So if the playoff winners are Cardiff or Belfast, uh, then obviously it'll go through to the third position. So it's looking like this is like a decent potential for, for Glasgow. Obviously, I know that third position isn't fully set in stone yet, but it's looking like there's a decent chance for Glasgow to get that qualification um, for the Conti Cup as well. So it'd be nice to see that we'd end up having uh, the Scottish team represented in the Conti Cup and then, uh, you know, the Irish team and the uh, the Welsh team represented in the CHL. So that'd be a, be a new one. Uh, what do we think to, to the way that that's going, guys, with the way that, you you know, the Conti Cup spot may be decided? Well, I think the the spot's always been the playoff winner gets that spot. I think the third place is just a the, the plan B in case yeah. Cardiff or Belfast um, win the playoffs, which in all fairness, you kind of do suspect that'll be a final. It's not that'll unbelievable. Be the, that'll be the great final for Glasgow fans because they'll be able to celebrate going back to Europe. Um, so it's, it's just kind of, you know, it is the playoff winner gets that spot. This is Plan B, and if Plan B kicks in, then you know all the best to Glasgow, um, in Europe. Um, yeah, it's all the best. Well, <coughs> I mean, all the best for who actually finishes third, because it can't. Who knows between now and the end of the season, um, what's going to happen with games between them guys and Nottingham? I mean, we have Nottingham on this weekend on Saturday. I mean, both teams are going to be... I think they're going to be pressing more now to try and get into that third-place spot now that they do actually have something to play for. Um, it's a great... It'll be even better to have it to have what you just mentioned, a Welsh and Irish team in the CHL and then a Scottish team in the Conti Cup. And then it'll be even better if one of the teams gets a win. And one, even if one of the teams gets to win the trophy as well, it'd be even better. I mean, it more than likely won't happen in the CHL, but there's always that chance in the Conti Cup. I think it's great. I'm, I mean, uh, if to have it if, if third place, uh, to, to, have, to have third place team qualify if, like, as you said, the Devils, the Giants win win the playoffs. That, that's about right because uh, Challenge Cup. Obviously, that's that's Belfast. So, even if they did win the playoffs, uh, they're already in the tournament anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's good to see because like you compare it now to ten years ago, and like there were just English teams dominating the whole league. You had Nottingham, Coventry, Sheffield. They were just dominating the whole the whole of proceedings. Um, and but now you've got Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Wales 
equaling our dominating. It's really good to see. Um, it, it just shows how much improvement this league has. It's, it's more, in, it's more exclusive, not just to England but to all four nations. It's it's really good to see um, from from that perspective. And um, yeah, if 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 Glasgow do finish third and, and they get a chance to be in the Continental Cup, it'd be a great. It, it'd be great if uh, Pete Russell also stays with the clan. He'll uh, get some good, really good European experience before. Another World Championships uh, at, at the end of next year. So yeah, be, be really good for fans. Um, you know, they they won in in this, in the CHL. Now they get a chance to be in the Continental Cup, and I think they'll they'll do do, do really well. Yeah, can't really add anything more to that. To be fair, um, it's good to see us getting three teams playing out in Europe. Always nice to showcase the league like that. Um, you know, we've proven as well. Uh, how many years is it in a row now that we've hit with the the Conti Cup finals? Is it three years in a row? So obviously we had Nottingham getting the win, Sheffield then qualified, and then obviously Belfast taking it right down to the wire in the uh, in the final this year. So um, yeah, it'd be absolutely fantastic to see that again. It'd be great to see um, whoever it is that makes the Conti Cup uh, to make it through to that final again, make it four years on the trot. Um, but yeah, um, always nice to see us representing in Europe. Uh, Andy, you've just mentioned Pete Russell and what it would do for him to go out to Europe. So we'll stick with Pete Russell, obviously more with a domestic implication. Uh, We've now had a list of 28 for the first 28 uh, announced for the GB squad. Dave, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, so the the squad of 28 has been announced to play the warm games against Hungary, Italy and Torpedo um, from the KHL. And then after these four games, this will then be cut to 25, which will be the 25 that will be making the historic flight to Kisici to play at the top level for the first time in 25 years. So to quickly go through the team, the netminders as you were, Ben Baums, Thomas Murdy, Jackson Whistle, Defence, Josh Batch, Tim Billingsley, Dallas Earhart, Mark Garside, Steve Lee, Evan Mosey, Ben O'Connor, David Phillips, Mark Richardson. Forwards, Ollie Betteridge, Brendan Connolly, uh, Ben Davies, Robert Dowd, Robert Farmer, Luke Ferrara, Mike Hammond, Liam Kirk, Robert Lakovitz, Ben Lake, Sharon Long, Matthew Myers, Craig Peacock, Brett Pellini, Jonathan Phillips and Colin Shields. That's the, uh, the 28 that will have to be cut down to 25. Um, now... I don't know how that will that goes in terms of the 25 and they keep the they have the three spots given to the goalies. If that's the case, then it's only three players need to be removed. If not, it's four players. Um, I can can call three players who I'd say won't make the flight. Um, there's one player who I think should be on the roster um, instead of one player uh, in defence. Um, but uh, to your guys. Um, what do you think to that roster? Is it if, is it the best roster we can put up with it? Uh, are there more than one player that you think may be on that uh, squad? I was surprised at the with Swinney not being in the in the list. That's the one I I think should that's be on. The, I think that's probably the big surprise. Trade him for another Manchester defenseman on the list. It might be a bit stronger. <laughs> I mean, he is from Manchester after all, so yeah, it's fine. I could, I 100% agree with you on that one, John. 
<laughs> Keeping it totally not subtle because there's only one of the Manchester <laughs> defensemen on the list, but let's call a spade a spade. And looking at that roster, it's it's going to be difficult for him to cut it down. For, in regards to like probably two forwards, maybe it's. It's like who would you who do you 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 won't want to be in his shoes to choose the team because it's like okay they're all having great seasons and they've got great experience with GB at international level I think it's going to be a tough one I mean um some of the players that are on there I'm actually happy that they're on there like for example Kieran Long he's in a stellar season for us this season. He's just been, I think he's like one of the top point scoring Brits as well this season as well, which is even better. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good competition there. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I'm happy Josh Batchison there. He's a really good defender, really good sold in, and he's young as well. Uh, got a lot, a lot of experience. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad he's been included. Um, it's fair few others as well. Um Ben Lake is one of the top scorers in the league this this season, so uh, we'll definitely need um, a bit of, of scoring touch from him. So that's a good that's a good addition there. Um, Kieran Long as well, as said, really good British forward, um, doing really well at Manchester. Uh, so he deserves to be there, but also some of the veterans as well, uh, and like Mark, Mark Richardson, Colin Shields, Mark Garside, uh, David Phillips, just some really good. Really good experienced guys that even though that age maybe get upon them, they're still battling hard. They're still physically fit and, and doing really well to earn their place. They're still in the GB roster. Um, there's still a few of us that I may have probably included. Uh, I think Lewis Hook would have been a good addition. Uh, also Paul Spindle, as, as you mentioned earlier. Um, John County, young, fast, uh, decent part as well for Dundee. Um, Save is, is, is quite a few players. Uh, also throughout Craig Moore, uh, doing really well as well. Um, so, there's so many players you could have uh, on that roster, uh, but I, I, I think Pete's done a really good job to choose ones he has, and it's it's going to be a really really uh, huge competition to determine who's going to get that final 25. I think what this roster does have it has a lot of pace. Um, it also has a lot of, of physicality within the remits of a double IHF tournament. Um, so it has a lot of everything. Um, and I agree with you, Andrew. I think there's going to be a, a difficult decision. I've tried looking at who I drop um, out of these. Um, and I'm I'm able to get to three players, and I think I may need to drop four um, on the basis of, of two. the goal is taking two spots, the third one going just as the emergency in case one gets injured. Um, I don't think it's easy. Um you know, every you look at every player apart from one. I'm, I'm, I'll I'll keep the honest approach. Every player, including the performance against Riga, that me and Joe saw, a lot of the players, Lake included, held their own against a very fast team. Um, you know, so it's not going to be easy at all for for anybody, never mind Pete Russell, um, to, to make that a 25 man roster. Yeah, the thing with it as well is as well, it's not. <clears throat> It, it's the stakes on this as well. Do you know, it, it's it's the 
the extra added punch to the fact that you know we're in the we're in the tier where we are now. We're we're, we're playing the big boys, and every single Brit in the league will have been fighting all year for their position to be to be on that squad. Um, you know, it, it just makes Pete Russell's job even harder. Um, I mean, you look at the netminders. I don't think they're they're particularly unexpected. Obviously, bounds and whistle, uh, bounds and whistle in particular. Um, I could have seen gospel on that list, but to be fair, Murdy a good shot, a good choice. D men. I mean, we're looking at nine D men on a list, and there's only one that I would have gotten rid of. And to be fair, I'd have had Swindlehurst on my list, and then I'd have had nine D men that I don't think I could really have cut one out of. Um, Mosey I'd have, I'd have had down as a forward so that cut one down from D-Men but wouldn't cut one down from the actual roster but I mean Batch you'd keep Billingsley played a great game against Riga um, obviously Garside good player good experience same for Steve Lee same for Ben O'Connor same for Davy Phillips same for Mark Richardson so you look at that decor and it's, it's strong um, you know there's a mixture of ability skill experience that, uh, Dave as you already said physicality you know, that it's a solid decor. And then you look at the forwards. I mean, Liam Kirk, obviously, making the list there. Um, I don't think that was particularly unexpected. Again, I know that I've seen it over the Peeps Twitter quite a bit about tweeting about the fact that he's made the GB squad. I don't think anybody really expected any different. Uh, but it's always good to see his name on the list. Uh, Brendan Connolly was one of the unexpected ones, I guess. Um, but no, it's, it's a hard job. You know, everybody realistically... As, as represented themselves well, um, as I say, which makes it particularly difficult for Pete Russell. Um, ben Lake being the standout guy for me at the minute. I mean, he's played fantastically in, uh, you know, domestically this year. He's played fantastically in the league. Um, obviously, as you say, and I think he's, is he, he was at least, I don't know if he still is, but he was the top point scorer in the league. Um, so, no, cracking, absolutely cracking roster there. Um, going to be interesting to see the final 25 on that list, but yeah, it, w- it will be indeed. And, and just to, to point out just how close we are, um, as we're recording out, it's now Friday. We played Germany in 57 days. It's now upon us all, but we, everyone back in April last year was like, wow, this is going to be such a long way away. It is now around the corner. These first games, um, it's, it's, it's going to be a nervous end. It's, for a lot of people who don't want to get injured imagine the heartbreak if you got injured now you're on that 28 roster you actually miss out through injury at this stage of the season that was what I thought was going to happen to Mosey yeah it happened last year I thought it might have happened this year as well it depended on how bad that concussion was from course, following yeah. that hit from from wrestling I mean he looked in a bad way and I know I, I said to you at the time Dave I said that I, you know that's we did, yes. We, I, yeah. we might just be lucky enough to be far away. Obviously, I know he's come back quicker than I'd have expected, but um, yeah, well, I mean, at that point, it was looking that's that is not a nice time to begin an injury like that. No, but uh, it's 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 going to be an exciting few weeks for for British hockey. It's the the, the weight is now nearly there, done, dusted, and these these seven games that no one realistically thought would see in their lifetime. Are just around the corner. I can't wait. No, absolutely. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting May. Um, I think most people generally expect us to be getting demoted back down afterwards. Uh, some of the Riga fans that we saw in Coventry were saying differently, but I'm not quite sure how much they'd had to drink that day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's going to be it's going to be great to watch. Um, 
it's going to be great to see how we fare against those teams, um, particularly for people that think elite league teams would stand up against NHL teams. Um, but yeah, no, I, I absolutely, it's going to be interesting. And do you know what? For me as well, I mean, looking around that roster, there's one particular name that I think this is going to be a big, big eye opener for, which is Liam Kirk. Uh, obviously drafted for the Arizona Coyotes, um, playing for the Peterborough Peets. Obviously, he's doing everything that he can to make his way into the big show. So to be playing against the big boys against USA, Canada, it's going to be a it's going to be a big eye opener for him. It's going to be some great experience for him as well. Um, keeping with GB and Slovakia, I'll throw this one over to Greth because I know that you've been affected by this as well as Dave, and I'm not going to throw it over to Dave again. Um, there's been a bit of a mess-up, shall we say. Yeah, we'll, go, we'll go with that. Do you want to tell us a little bit more? Well, it seems that the Slovakian Organising Committee have been promising things to supporters club, and then just not coming up with it they're just saying oh yeah we've actually oversold that so it means that unfortunately for some GB fans they could miss out on either one or two games I mean it's not really good for for Slovakia well for Slovakia to do the organising committee doing that the way they've done it I mean it <coughs> as what we we said we think Theresa May has done better at dealing with Brexit than what Slovakia have done with the organising of the World Championships I don't really think the IIHF will probably take this to them in, an, in at least the next 10 years unless something changes dramatically yeah, it's it's been a nightmare um, from start to finish. I mean, the first thing, look, in terms of logistics, I mean, these tournaments are never easy to run logistically, but if you think about it, you send Canada, USA, the hosts, to the second biggest city of the two. You've been looking forward, you've got out on the press to say, we look forward to having all these GB fans. And there's around five to six to 700 GB fans going over. I have a Fruva Supporters Club who just mentioned very quickly I have they, they sent an email to members last night very open in terms of what's happened and, and how this has come about um, they've been working absolutely all hours to try and resolve this so having all these teams in the smallest of the two cities already you're going to have a nightmare accommodation from the off none to get GB fans for those who aren't aware if you haven't got anything through Airbnb and I know there's been a lot of horror stories of people being charged on average, a place is 400 euros for the week. I've been charged eight, nine hundred euros for the week for the same place just because it's tournament. So some real horror stories are there. Fans are in different places up to an hour and a half away, up to two, an hour and a half, two hours away from Kasichi just to be able to stay in Slovakia. Some people are saying over the board in Hungary, it's, it's been a horror show in terms of trying to get somewhere um, for, for accommodations. So I, I think that they've, I'm going to be polite and say they've underestimated just how many people have been coming over. You see stories of the Canadian fans, um, let's just report that they're also going to be missing out on some games. Um, and it's, it's just, it's a sad 
bit of, you know, everyone's looked forward to this tournament. And then you get this, and it kind of just puts a bit of a tarnish on the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's really sad to see it like this. Um, yeah, the, the supporters have, have, have done really well to, uh, to organise this and then, and then to uh, try and deal with it the best they can. Uh, they be very straightforward with, uh, with the members and huge, huge credit to them. But in terms of logistics, as, as Dave said quite, quite a few months ago, if, if it was in Bratislava, like GB were supposed to be before it would move moved to Kasichi. Uh, logistically would have been so much easier. Uh, obviously, so many more hotels, uh, so many transit routes and things like that. So it's easier to get to Kasichi. Uh, I don't see anything there, but the arena. I, I, I don't think there's really, really much much there to be honest. So that's a problem in itself. And then uh, uh, yeah, I've, I think Graf's right. I've, I think it's a bit of a, a bit of aggro for Brexit. <laughs> Uh, as, as of doing this, but yeah, it, it, it's just it's just like laziness to be honest, and and just it's it's like they're not caring much at all. They're just trying to, you know, do what they can for their fans and not think about everyone else. And it's it's not how it should be run. It's not how the competition should be. It should be for everyone, you know, to support their team and. To hear that, you know, some fans are going to miss out on two games, two GB games. You know, it's it's not on at all, and uh, hopefully there'll be uh, some sort of investigation to after after it's all done with, and uh, hopefully fans will get the refunds and everything, and maybe uh, next year will be a lot better. Well, just to answer a couple of points on that, they've already said because it's, it's it's affecting those who book for the supports club uh, because they've been able to block by. As well. So if you are one of those who do miss a game, um, you will get the refund. So that's already been guaranteed. Um, and what was the other point you were saying? Um, yeah, it's just, it's just you, you go there, you've you built up. I mean, the Slovakian organising committee have, have put pressure on the supporters club to get the money paid for these tickets, well in advance of the single ticket option. To then have actually, you know what, you may have, you may have to watch it in the fan zone. It, it, it's, no, nah, they've, they've just... They've just not done it right. They've they've really messed up badly, which is a shame. Um, you know, you go to tournaments, whether it's at club level or international level, and you see just how much organisation organising it takes. It's, it's like I say at the beginning, it's not a a simple thing to put on. Um, but they've really, you know, they've they've not even got close to hitting the bar already. They're gonna have to do a heck of a lot during the tournament for it to be gone. Do you know what? Actually, that wasn't a bad tournament. But I just, I just have, you know, with all this already, I just can't see it happening. No, that's the thing for me. Um, I, it, it makes me look at it and say I'm quite happy that we decided not to go. Um, we looked at it and saw the prices and saw the logistics and just said no, it's not worth the aggro. And to be fair, um, I am very, very happy now that we did because um, I couldn't be doing with that extra aggro on top. Um, it's ridiculous, really. Um. I mean, it's not difficult for a team or for the for the, the organising committee. It shouldn't be difficult for them to know the capacities of the arenas that they're selling. And it shouldn't be difficult to keep track of who's buying what tickets and how many have sold. Um, logistically, I just don't understand how you can possibly... Over- I mean... I mean, it's, you, should, you would think it'd be vaguely pretty easy to actually do and to oversell. But on a, with a tournament on this kind of scale... 
you just kind of think it's beyond oh a little mistake. It's just completely, it's just completely reckless. It's just ridiculous. Um, and as we say, you know, fans are going over to Slovakia now. Um, I mean, fans, fans potentially could be going, as you say, Dave, to go over, stay over the border in Hungary, sort out all the transport and everything like that. They, you know, paying. They could people. I've, I've heard stories of people paying, you know, north side of two grand to go over and. And that's just, I mean, just flights and accommodation. And then they, they go, they're going and spending that amount of money to go and watch their team and their country be represented to be told, actually, sorry, you can't go to two games. Well, me and Gref know um, a group of four people who are going over who've got all the tickets for the games in Kasichi. Um, between the four of them, it's cost them nearly around between eight and £10,000 to go to, to all the group games in, in Kasichi, the quarterfinals and the semifinals. But, you know, when you're spending that amount of money, um, it's kind of, you know, you, you expect it all to be right. I mean, for the money that we spent, I mean, so me, me and Gref are going to be over there. The money we spent, um, our accommodation is cheaper than the game tickets for the eight games. So this includes the GB7 games and the USA Canada game. And when you when you game tickets are more expensive than your accommodation. You've you've got to, you're setting an expectation of you're going to have a, a tournament. You, you know this is not about getting all glitz and glamour. It's just making sure you've got the basics. All you've got your tickets sound. It's it's legit. It's all good. You're going to be able to be safe. Everything about it. You're going to be able to see all the hockey. You're going to come over. And to have this now hovering over ourselves with like someone just mentioned, 57 days to the first game. It's it's a sorry tale. It almost thinks as if they, you know, they've done the same thing and gone, oh, we've got ages. Oh, 57 days. Oh. Oh, we've got people spending thousands of pounds and they're going to be told they can't even see a couple of the games. I know it doesn't sound like a, a big deal when you just go, oh, people are being told they might miss two games. I know that it may sound like you go, oh, it's all right, two games. But going over to Slovakia, it's not like, oh, you you know, you, you've got a week's tournament in the UK, but you might miss a couple of games. Fair enough. But not when you're spending that money over there. That's that's the problem. It's just ludicrous. I mean, I mean getting to Kasichi has been a nightmare. Um ourselves we're, we're having to fly into to vienna and get the train across was was the cheapest and the easiest and i'll stress one of the words, easiest options you could have got a flight to Kasichi from the uk but it was going to south end um so and, and the logistics and also getting a time flight and, and everything about it it actually worked out going to vienna was actually easier um so it, a lot of people put a lot of effort in just to get there just to be there and it's not about a boo-hoo story of, oh, that, you know, you expect something. But if, if, and this is to any fan, so it's not just GB fans, it's all the Canadian fans, all the American fans. And like I said, so some Canadian fans are now in the same situation where they're being told, actually, not all your tickets are, are guaranteed. If you go to a tournament, you expect a level of competency. Exactly and, the word I was just going to say, competence. And, well, so far, it's not to be seen. And I remember, 
remember, and I want to say Cortina, the, the, the winner Olympic qualifier, yeah, it was, it was the Cortina, winner Olympic qualifiers, Rene Fazal, who was the, for those who don't know, the IIHF, which is the International Ice Hockey Federation. Um, he's the president, so he's like the, um, the, I can't remember the guy name, but the old set blacks of FIFA, he's that type of man. He's, he's the top dog. And he spent a fair amount, being interviewed by Seth Bennett, saying we, we can't see why GB are not at that top level. Now, forget the fact, the pound, shilling and pence that the TV fans will put over um, the hotels, the bars and everything. And when the, the winner qualifiers in Riga, that was said. And there was up front, you know, we, we were grateful for the, the numbers that went over, you know, the amount of times they were in the KHL bar. They are putting money into the local economy. That, and they were seeing that. If, if, if they are that bothered about actually want, having the GB fans there, the IHF needs to step in. They need to, you know... The GB Sports Club will have had the proof in it, all the emails said, look, we've had to do it to this day and we've hit every target. So if we're doing this, why are we not getting that? And the IHF needs to step in and say, no, you've sold this, you've made this commitment, um, and uh, you, you've, you've got to, you know, you can't sell something and be a bit flaky about it. And so far, it's just complete, you know, it's a lack of competency. I think that's the thing. I mean, we could go around in circles all day long. That's that's the bottom line. It's just incompetent. <laughs> it's absolute, blatant, ridiculous incompetence that you would expect. I, mean, I don't say you'd expect more. It's just the understatement of the year, isn't it? it just, it just baffles me. It really does. And it, as I say, it shouldn't be a difficult thing to regulate tickets based on the capacity of the arena. But so we could go around in circles on that all day. So um, moving back to domestic league competition uh it's been the topic of the month or the last couple of months should i say is the playoff run a lot of teams brandishing that they are on a playoff push at the moment Steelers being one of them uh obviously realistically i mean we're talking the playoff push for guildford sheffield fife manchester coventry and dundee all in a playoff push at the moment um so just figured it made sense at this point to have a look at the league standings and just to uh just to suss what's happening, re-playoff pushes and, and where everybody stands. Cardiff and Belfast still sit at the top of the league. Uh, Cardiff are four points clear at the top now, so two games clear of that top position. Belfast obviously sitting just behind them, so Cardiff are on 84 points, Belfast are on 80. Um, Glasgow then sit in third with Nottingham in fourth. There's only a point between Glasgow and Nottingham, but Glasgow have got a game in hand as well. So we're probably talking, well, if we take that game in hand in, in consideration, they're three points clear of that. Uh, then we've got Guildford on 59 points, Sheffield on 58 points, Fife on 58 points, bit of a drop down to Manchester on 53 points, Coventry on 53 and Dundee on 50. So very, very open at the moment as to who's going to be on the wrong side of that line uh, regarding who makes playoffs. Uh, what do we think, guys? Are we, are we, you know, we all had our ideas as to who we didn't think were going to make playoffs at the start of the year. Um, what are we thinking now? We're getting to the last stages. I think it's going to make the last few weekends more interesting because it's going to be more of you, for the likes of for you guys or for us. You can't drop points, no matter what. It's. I mean, we've got, obviously, we've got Nottingham and then MK this weekend. And then next week, it's going to be, we've got Belfast and then Cardiff. So that, that next week will be a really difficult week for us. 
I mean, it's probably something that Coventry or Dundee will try and capitalise on. Because they're, they're like just below us, even though Coventry are, are in the same amount of points. Hmm. It's going to be really interesting. I mean, exactly, with the, the weekend after that, our last game of the regular season, it's against Coventry. That's going to be one hell of a game if the playoff spot is still up for grabs. That could be a game seven before the playoffs have started. That's the type of game also you want on TV. If Free Sport <laughs> could do a game on that final day, the Super Sunday, as, as everyone christens it, that's the type of game. Both teams, winner takes, winner makes it to the playoffs, the loser gets on the golf course. Um, yeah, you get, that's, you get to see me on TV. I mean, that's always a added bonus, and you know that's without saying. Um, but yeah, it, it, three weekends to go. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's really bizarre because you you kind of think with with three weekends to go, you can kind of say normally round fourth and fifth are guaranteed. That's it locked in. Their spots are sorted. You probably say only first to third is locked, absolutely guaranteed. Um, you know the way Nottingham are performing at the moment in terms of just dropping points. They're in the playoffs, but they need to they need to turn it around very quickly on two fronts. One, they need to get the home advantage. Because I'll be honest with you, if if they end up fifth downwards and they don't make don't have home advantage and they play away second, I can see them not making the final four. Um, but if they have home advantage, I think they will. Um, you know, Guildford, they're going to want to try and get home advantage, and that'll be a huge thing for them um, to, to get that. And then Sheffield wants to try and get as high as possible. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's not without question that they could finish fifth, which would be an outstanding final position given the season that Sheffield have had. And yes, a lot of Sheffield fans have been like, well, this is disgusting. How dare, How can they? This is wrong. How can we say it's good that they finished fifth? Two of the normal standards in Sheffield, no, it's not. But actually, given the season they've had, if you were offered... If, midway through January, you said you can finish fifth. I think a lot of people would shake their hands. Thank you very much. So we've got a lot of games and a lot of teams taking potential taking points off each other in that mix. It's going to be... Not good for those involved because I think that the, the, the pressure, the blood pressures, won't be good for him. But I think from a, hockey, from a hockey perspective, I think it's going to be very good, very entertaining. We've already mentioned a couple of podcasts where we've seen playoff hockey, and I think the ante is about to be risen a few notches, and it's going to be good to watch. Yeah, as, as I mentioned earlier, the league just so tight this season, and it's great to see that you you still got. Probably ten teams still in contention of, of of making the playoffs. It's it's great to see us like ten years ago, you know, playoff positions would have been determined by now. So it's it, it's good to see that again. It, it's it's going to come down to last game of the season to to determine who who, who finishes where. And um, you've got some teams in good form uh, as a reason. Now, uh, Coventry have found some form after a, a poor few weeks of so the. They've got three players in, in the top ten point scorers in the league. So if if those three have really good games, then that, that could see Coventry uh, moving up stands even further. Um, Manchester got shot as well. Uh, a few key players that they've got. So if if they can utilise them to the best, then also they're going to move up as well. 
Um, it's, it's just so tight to call at the minute. Uh, obviously, it comes down to games to hand as well. Uh, I, I think that's going to be the biggest killer to a to a team uh, if 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 they've finished and yet still got like three three or four teams below them. They've still got so many games in hand and they could just catch them up. Um, it, it, it's so tactical right now and uh, it makes it so enjoyable to to watch this season. Yeah, absolutely right. And you, you, the games in hand are a huge part of it as well. And that's the thing that makes it even more exciting. I mean, realistically, um, Sheffield look in a very comfortable position when you look at the league table in terms of the fact that they are obviously three above... Um, above that, that, that dreaded line as to who's finishing where and who's making playoffs. Um, but then you look at it, five, same points, one less regulation win, but they've got three games in hand. So if you, if you take that into account as six possible points, you know, they, you know, Sheffield could easily drop down a position there. Manchester, two games in hand, four possible points. It put Manchester on 57. So granted, Still not in a position to uh, to contest in terms of points, and obviously you look at Manchester's um, you know upcoming games as you've already highlighted for us. Greth, it's not necessarily looking like the easiest running uh, for you guys, but but then you look at Coventry and, and Andy, as you say, they certainly look like they're still in contention. Um, they they played 52 games, they played four less games than Sheffield. That's eight possible points. They win all the, if they win those eight points, they go up to 61. Um, which will put them above, you know, Sheffield, Guildford. Right now, the whole league just looks like it could easily just... Teams are going to be swapping left, right and centre in terms of league positioning. I'd hazard... I'd, I'd hedge my bets. I'd be saying Manchester would be the team not to make the playoffs and I'd say Coventry would. Uh, so I'd say the bottom three would be Manchester, Dundee and Milton Keynes. Um, but it's certainly going to be interesting to see because it it really really is uh, it really really is going to jump around now. I go with that three. Sorry, Greff, as the one to miss out. But I want to throw a question to you three. Something that we've mentioned just there. It's very simple. What would you rather have? Would you rather have points on the board or games in hand? Points on the board any day of the week. Points on the board. I mean, also just to go with this, it's. Colin Trade there, they've got to play Belfast three times to the end of the season. Three times? Wow, because it's yes, a double header this weekend as well, isn't it, in Belfast? Yep. And they play 27th of March as well. That's going to be. That's not going to be re- going to be easy for them. It's going to be yeah. really difficult. It's all right crunching the numbers down as they've got four games in hand, but then when you go three of those games are against. Uh, or against Belfast, it's a whole different story. They got Cardiff as well. I was just about to ask if they got Cardiff. So uh, oh. good schedule for him. Andy, what do you think? Would you rather have points on the board or um, games in hand? Definitely def- points on the board because the games in hand, you can't guarantee a win. Uh, you, you, you just can't guarantee who, who you if you're going to win because it could, could be a really, a really good, really tough competition. So. Again, there's just no guarantee wins in, the, in those games of hand, so you could get zero points out of, out of all of them. You just never know. So there are definitely points on the board any day. I'm, I'm of the same mindset, and it's, it's from a from a cricket background. And, um, I say, you know, runs on the board always, you know, in, in terms of run chase, you'd rather have the runs because there, because the scoreboard pressure could tell. 
And in this scenario, the league position pressure could tell. And, you know, Manchester may make it. They may creep over the line. Who knows? Um, I think, you know, to sit back, try and keep all sanity possible and, and get to the playoff fire quarterfinals. Yeah, that's the thing. You look at goal difference as well. Um, I mean, it, it's obviously not a telling story as to who's going to make it and who's not, but it's certainly a telling story as to why certain teams are where they are in the league. Um, Cardiff have got a plus 78 goal difference this year. Uh, Belfast are just behind that, plus 72. Uh, and then you have a huge jump down. The third highest goal difference is Glasgow, and they're on plus 27. So there is a whopping 51 goals between the goal difference for the Devils and the goal difference for Glasgow. I mean, that, that, that should tell you enough straight away as to why Cardiff are where they are in the league and why Belfast are where they are. Flip side, Milton Keynes, minus 79. So again, tells the story there. Dundee, minus 35. Manchester, a third lowest goal difference, minus 25. Uh, and Sheffield are actually the fourth host on minus 24. So it, it it obviously doesn't show you a full representation of where everybody's going to finish because you can have a bad game. Sheffield have had, obviously, the 6-0 loss against Glasgow, 6-1 loss against Glasgow. They obviously got tonked against um, against Cardiff uh, at the weekend. So it, it, it's difficult. It's not by any... Oh, sorry, the weekend before last. It's difficult. It's by no means an indication as to who's going to finish where, but it's certainly interesting to see. And as I say, it certainly paints that picture as to why Cardiff and Belfast are as high in the league as they are. Um, but yeah, certainly going to be interesting as we get into the latter part of the league now. Obviously, we're getting to the last few games. I think, how many games was it that we said that Steelers have got left? Is it four games we've got four left Four games now? left. Um, so, you know, four games. We lose all those four games, we could be looking at missing out on playoffs. We win all four games. We could be looking at, you know, securing a seat nicely. It could go either way. Um, obviously, Sheffield have got Cardiff as well this weekend, so be interesting. Um, moving on from that, more to the player final weekend itself. Uh, we have had one question. Uh, we haven't put out on social media to ask for questions this week, so we do apologise. Uh, we will get back on that next week. I know that we said we'd we'd go retrospectively. Uh, on questions this week uh, as it turns out I think there was only one retrospective question that we had to look at uh, that was from Joe. she asked what are the best things slash your favourite things about playoffs uh, first year going and starting to get excited what do we think guys I suspect there's going to be one word that everybody gives as the best thing about playoffs so let's go with it and see if everybody uses a different one <laughs> bunkers socialising Oh, socialising. The camaraderie between all fans of all the teams. Bunkers is my second. The atmosphere is a first. Um, it's always a great atmosphere. In that no, there's, there's nothing better than an, a, a building full of people shouting, if you all hate the Steelers, clap your hands. Yeah, it's original, isn't it? <laughs> so original. Um, Oh, I'm, I'm I'm quite disappointed that everybody's averted the answer that we all know is true is is the the drinking. Um, I am not an alcoholic, but well, bunkers does count. I'll give you that, but I just feel like that's just a subtle way of saying the drinking. It's a great weekend, um, Dave. You bang on the camaraderie between fans. Last year, um, right at the end on the Sunday, having lost in the final to Cardiff. 
we were stood in bunkers with a couple of Cardiff fans chirping us. And then we ended up getting in a chanting war against some Belfast fans. Um, mainly the main chant, I think, was between whether it was Spiro Galakis or Spyro Galakis, which was just the most bizarre chanting I've ever been involved in. Um, but yeah, it's just a great weekend. It's just a good laugh. Um, but, Still one of the cleanest chants that's ever been sung at the bunkers at the playoff weekend over the years. Yeah, uh, that's true. So probably also one of the cleanest ones that was sung at that moment as well. Um but yeah, it's great. I mean, how many other sporting competitions and tournaments of that nature would you be able to have a bar literally backing onto the arena with fans from every single team just having a drink and having a laugh? With players, coaches, you know, walking Brian around, Stewart. joining in. Brian Stewart. Brian Stewart, the legend that that is. I, I, I hope someone's got him on a, a plane over for the playoffs. Um, I just remember it, it, when we did the shirts of hurt, and me and, and Greff went into the bar, and he walked in. No, he, he staggered out, and he was like, "Sheffield fan, Nottingham fan, you shouldn't be together." Okay, he didn't even know where where he's a legend at the playoff weekend when he's not playing. So if anybody hasn't got him a, a plane ticket, get him a plane ticket. Get yeah, him to get your Cam what's his face coming and rallying up the crowd. Brian Stewart is the guy we want to oh, see. Could you, could you imagine Hashtag him? Find with... Brian. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag fine, Brian. Forget hashtag who is Gareth Dutton or hashtag who is Maureen from Attercliffe. Hashtag bring us Brian. That's what who wants. Yes. Bring us Brian. After all the jip that he gets or that he got when he played in the Elite League, all the Brian chants. It's all we want to see at playoffs. Brian walking around bunkers. But no, uh, playoffs cracking weekend and I don't think any of us are going to disagree. It is the first weekend that straight away you know, I mean, last last year we booked our hotels for this year, sat in Andy's Burger Shack on the Friday night. So, I, think, I mean, if that doesn't tell you what you need to know about playoffs, I think I, yeah, I don't know what will. Um, moving then from questions, I think we've got that covered off. One word, describe, well, one thing describing your favourite thing. I think we've all agreed on that. Um, and also, if Joe wants to buy his drinks at the playoff weekend, I'm, I'm sure we're more than willing to accept these as. Um, Hold the phone. Where, when is this happening? At the playoff weekend. If Joe wants to buy all of us a drink at the playoff weekend, yeah. you know, just say, you know, I'm just just throw it out there. I can say this with more certainty than the fact that Milton Keynes aren't going to make playoffs. <laughs> I'm not buying you all drinks and playoffs. No, Joe. Oh. The, the person who asked the question. I see where the confusion lies now. <laughs> I thought it was going to be. I was going to say no. Oh, of course, yes. Oh, of course. Yeah, you can buy us drinks if you want. Okay, now you open your mouth. Gref, just remember to bring your wallet for playoffs. We don't normally see it when you're out for a drink. Playoffs? All-Star weekend? Any weekend where we go out drinking and Gref brings his wallet? They're all the... I thought you were drinking on the weekend, just gone. I can't remember that, mate, sorry. Is is that the next Star Wars? full selective memory. Go on. The return of Gref's wallet. I think about the Phantom Wallet. I think we need to make Greth a giant wallet for playoffs and just get him to carry it around with him everywhere. That along with tying his glasses and his hat to his head so he doesn't lose it like the last All-Stars weekend. Anyway, moving swiftly on from that and the confusion of me thinking you wanted me to buy your drinks. Um, we've only got one last thing on the agenda. Uh, before we go with that, 
we always say, uh, if you've got any questions, feel free to put it to us on social media. Uh, it's at MFZ Podcast on Twitter. It's My Fancy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. Get in touch. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you're enjoying the, the episodes uh, and send us your questions as well. Uh, we'll be looking to get this posted so that it's out tomorrow or today, should I say, now on Friday. Um, but yeah, get in I've touch with us. I've got a question. I've mentioned this earlier. Uh, I completely forgot. Um, it's from now to all, all of you three, but uh, a few weeks ago, Don Cherry made some comments about uh, the Carolina Hurricanes team. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you will know John Cherry is a very famous player and coach in the NHL and now hosts um, Hockey Night in Canada and, and his coach's corner. He said that the celebrations of the Carolina Hurricanes uh, after games were an embarrassment to hockey and should never happen. Uh, as put into context, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, when they win games, they'll do uh, like team celebrations, just like Steelers do with, Ed, with the Eddie. So uh, they've, they've done uh, Duck Duck Goose on the centre ice before. They've done Limbo this last week. Uh, I'm just enjoying it and a bit of fun. Uh, but what's your guys' opinions on what Don Cherry thinks of it all? Um, and what do you think about it? Don Cherry's a jerk. Hey. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm going to use his own words. Um, you've got it right spot on. Um, they're having fun you know it's not done during the game um, it's done after the game and what is this, we've had this we, I think we haven't mentioned it on the previous podcast but yeah, I'll reiterate the point they're having fun they're enjoying themselves they're also entertaining their own fans they're not doing anything that's embarrassing the opposition they are just having fun there's nothing wrong Don Cherry needs to stop being a jerk end of next I think uh, more NHL teams need to do it sorry Joe I think more NHL teams need to do it. I mean, at the moment, all they do is they go, let us stick up, thanks, and go off. That's literally all they do. When, they, when they've when won or they've lost, they just go straight off. I mean, we, we're used to it over here where both teams will do like a lap around the rink and just thank the fans for coming to the game. I mean, that's... That's much, much, much better than the normal just go straight off. I mean, they might have to take like the next flight to Winnipeg or somewhere like Vancouver if they're in New York. Or Pittsburgh so they can get smashed 3-0 by the Penguins, just like Buffalo right now, Griff. <laughs> we won't talk about that now. <laughs> but then again, it's not really difficult. But I'm all for it. I mean, I... I when I come to your rink, I love watching it just because it, it's hilarious. It brings entertainment. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think I've said it before. The thing for me, particularly with it being Carolina, um, Carolina don't particularly have a franchise player. They don't, you know, they've not won the Stanley Cup any time recently. Um, you, you look at the thing that gives a lot of teams that identity, um, you know, Washington, Stanley Cup winners of last year, Ovechkin, Braden Holtby, they've got a lot that gives them identity. Same for the Penguins, you know, back-to-back Stanley Cups the year before last and the year before that. Um, you know, Crosby, Malkin, a lot to give them identity. If anything, the Islanders this year, the whole thing with Tavares has given them identity as it is. The way that they perform this year has given them identity. You have so many teams that have got something about them that just... It just just shows you who they are. 
that just just gives you something to remember from them, whether it's a player, whether it's a recent achievement, whether it's recent ongoings with the fans, it doesn't matter. Something that gives them some kind of identity makes them stand out against the other 31 teams. What did Carolina have? They haven't got a franchise player. They've got a mid to bottom level goaltender. So they've not really, it's not like you're going, oh yeah, but the goalie's sick. Mm, not really. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just what they haven't got a great deal. They've not won the Stanley Cup anytime recently. You know, they're, they're not bagging games or establishing themselves, can't speak, establishing themselves, you know, ready for the playoffs this year. This gives them something that people are talking about. That's Carolina's identity now. They're the team that goes out, has a bit of fun, pays the respects to the crowd for turning up for the game, and then they go off. What harm is it doing? What harm is it doing? It's not, you know, I, I get that. I get the point. I think the point that Don Cherry was trying to make was that it was the jerks because they're rubbing it in the face of the opposition that they've won. I just think that's ridiculous. You know, that's like saying, oh, well, we scored a goal. But we're not going to celebrate scoring a goal because that would be a jerk move. Or, oh, we've won the Stanley Cup, but I'm not going to skate around the rink with the Stanley Cup. I'm going to just stand there and hold it respectfully. Why? They've won a game, they've earned their right to celebrate, and they've earned their right to show the respect to the fans. End of. This, this is all coming from the man who dresses very conservatively. This is the thing that makes me laugh. The amount of comments that people are coming out on now on social media saying Don Cherry slating the Carolina Hurricanes for doing something eccentric to make themselves stand out. I mean, if that's not the biggest case of the pot calling the kettle, I don't know what is. Yeah, I agree with you all. I mean, um, you know, the, it's not as if they're rubbing it in the, in the opponent's faces. They're waiting, just like the Steelers do. They're waiting until the away team is off the ice. And that's when they do it. They've got every right to celebrate. They've put in the hard work of 60 minutes. They've got every right to enjoy the moment and enjoy it with their fans because they've got a very loyal fan base and they're absolutely loving these interactions with them. It's, it's what every team needs to do. And Joe, you're right. I mean, they got rid of three amazing players. Eric Stahl, uh, they traded to Minnesota. Uh, Cam Ward traded to Chicago Blackhawks. And then Jeff Skinner traded to Buffalo Sabres. I will go only... as far as saying Cam Ward was an amazing player, though. For them, for them, he, he was a few years ago. Uh, Highest goalie. Yeah. Don't start that argument with me. <laughs> yeah, last time we were standing cut, 2004, uh, and on that roster was Rod Brindamore, who is their current coach. So he, he, he's the only real franchise person they've got who is still involved with the team. Um, so, yeah, they, they have not got an identity, but in this, they've created one and done something really, really great with their fans. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. Um, but yeah, no, you know, as I say, I mean, I, I, yeah, if, you, if you've got any more questions that, uh, that anybody's got to ask, um, any more versions of the Carolinas version of the Eddie that you, <laughs> you might think we've not seen, um, they're always funny to watch on a, on a morning just before work. Um, yeah, I, I mean, any questions, feedback or anything like that, send it to us on social media. Um now, gents, I think unless anybody's got anything else they want to add, I think it's just a case of going through predictions. Um, last week, we had a pretty good run. Uh, there were only seven games for us to predict, uh, but we actually had a three-way tie in one sense. So Andy, Greff and Dave all got five out of seven. So pretty good in terms of our usual form for predictions. Dave's rolling his eyes there because he knows the fact that I'm going to say I only got one wrong last week, uh, which was the Challenge Cup final. Uh, so I got six right. 
So to be fair, six and fives, lads, um, a significant improvement on on usual form. Guys, isn't it rare that he remembers to do it when he's uh, has a good weekend? Uh, you know, it's, it's bizarre that when he doesn't have a good weekend, he seems to forget these uh, pieces of information, and you know, he, he prevents us from having the uh, deserved limelight for actually predicting something right for once. Sorry, mate. I was like spun. falling asleep. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, there's a correlation between them, isn't there? Let's not talk about falling asleep, Greff. I think you'll know that you're the master. I don't keep the stats, mate. Asleep. I don't keep the stats. <laughs> Maybe you should start keeping the stats. It's still fall asleep. Dave, I would love to address what you've just said, uh, but I can't remember what it was. So, uh, yeah. Um, <coughs> moving, swiftly, moving swiftly on. Um, this week... Uh, we've got two games on Friday, uh, the games over Saturday, Sunday, and then there's two games next Wednesday as well that we'll cover. Uh, we'll go in the usual order, so Andy, Gref, Dave, and then myself. Uh, so, Andy, first game is Friday, well, tonight, is Belfast versus Coventry in Belfast. 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 Um, Belfast. Uh, then we've got Glasgow versus Dundee in Glasgow. Glasgow. Yeah, sold out Glasgow as well. So I'm going with Glasgow. I thought you were just going to give us that fact and then not tell us who you were guessing. <laughs> uh, Glasgow. Glasgow. I'm going to go Glasgow as well. So a full house on those two. Uh, then we've got Saturday. First game is Guildford versus Dundee in Guildford. 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 Guildford again. So I've got to say, I've written down a lot of G's. So we've got Giants, Glasgow, Guildford, and that's a full house for them all. Um, next game, Belfast versus Coventry in Belfast. Suspect Belfast. I might be writing more G's down here. <laughs> You're right, Belfast. All the G's. All the G's. I'm going Belfast as well. Dave, just to confirm, are you saying Belfast? I can confirm. Can confirm. Um, there isn't a G in the name of the next one, so that's all right. Uh, we've got Milton Keynes versus Fife in Milton Keynes. Five. 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 Oh, all that thought to agree with everybody else, <laughs> and uh, I'll say I'll say five as well. Um, Nottingham versus Manchester in Nottingham. Gref, I'm just going to put you down as Manchester now. Cheers. Know <laughs> Nottingham. Yeah, Nottingham. I'm going to say Nottingham as well. I'm not even asking you, Griff. I know you're going to say Manchester. You said you were putting me down for Manchester, so... Thanks. Well, exactly, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then we've got Sheffield versus Cardiff in Sheffield. Cardiff. Cardiff. Don't do it again. <laughs> Sheffield. Oh. <laughs> if, anybody, if anybody wants to save... Andy's surprise reaction and use that as a text tone. You're more than welcome. Um, there'll be no issues with intellectual property. That is yours. Have that home, as a home, text tone. Home form's good at the moment. I think we could pull off a shock. Fair play. Uh, I don't, so I'm going to say Cardiff. That's fine. And then Dave, when you get it right, I'll forget to tell everybody what the results were from last week. <laughs> it's not like you've not done it before this season, mate. <laughs> what can I say? Um, Except you're welcome. No. Um, <laughs> The next day, uh, we've got Nottingham versus Dundee in Nottingham. It'll be the third game in a row for Dundee. Nottingham. 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 Nottingham again. Coventry versus Fife in Coventry. Oh. Oh. 
Getting a lot of noise. I think Coventry. Coventry. Yeah. Ref. Five. Five. I'm going to go with you, Andy, on that one. I'm going to say Coventry. Uh, I would have normally gone Coventry, but it's their third game in three nights. Oh, yeah. Well, that is very true. But I'm still keeping my answer. Uh, then we've got Manchester versus MK in Manchester. Graf, I'm just going to put you down as Manchester again. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, put me down for the same Manchester. Put me down for M for Manchester. I can't put you down for M for Manchester, can I? It's M and MK. It's still an M. I'll put you down as X for Manchester. And then I'm going Manchester as well. Uh, then the last game's Cardiff versus Glasgow in Cardiff. 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 Uh, then moving on to Wednesday, we've got Dundee versus Coventry. I'm saying Dundee and Coventry a lot in these, in these predictions. Uh, I think Dundee. I think Dundee as well. I'll do Dundee as well. I'm going to say Coventry. Oh. Oh, going against Ooh. the grain. Um, I, that was only because I had a fair moment to think and I couldn't say what everybody else had said after having a go at you for it. And then, last game, we have Glasgow versus Cardiff. That's a free sports game and it's in Glasgow. Um, Cardiff. Cardiff. Glasgow. I'm going with you on that one, Dave. I'm going to say Glasgow as well. Um, so, that's all the predictions. Um, we'll see if we tell you what we did next week. So, it depends on how well I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, thank you very much for everybody for listening. As usual, as I say, it's at MFZ Podcast on Twitter. It's my Fantasy Zamboni podcast on Facebook. If anybody's interested, the Penguins are still beating the Sabres 3-0. Uh, but, for the time being, thank you very much, Dave. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you very much, uh, Graf and Andy. And thank you to everyone who's listening. Very heartfelt. Thank you very much. Um, Gref, thank you very much. Let's hope that the Pens can keep the three-goal lead for the next 12 and a half minutes. More than likely will happen, but thanks for having me. Pleasure as always, mate. And Andy, thank you very much, sir. As always, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Gref. Thank you, Dave. And thanks for listening. Yeah, uh, as everybody said already, thank you for everybody for listening. That's another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. Thanks a lot. <laughs>